Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode number 367. Another Appetite for Discovery episode with my co-host, my co-pilot, former Guns N' Roses manager of 17 years, former director of security for Air Supply. Uh, you, what, what was your, your role with Exhibit also? I want to give you your, your, the whole gamut, the Air Supply. Personal manager with Exhibit. Look at that. Tour for the biggest yeah. hip-hop history of music. The Up and Smoke Tour from Dr. Dre. Yeah. I mean. I thought that was Cheech and Chong. No, dude, not even close, baby. We no. had everybody. That was Cheech and Doug. That was Cheech and Doug. So that makes a lot of sense. Our buddy and I, I kind of enjoyed this uh, the the first one that we had with with Oz. As you know, I just told my my wife I'm recording, and she's text me, "Have fun, have fun." <laughs> but I guess you know what? I'm the asshole that we got to turn my phone off. See, I'm the professional, go. Kaz, I'm, and this is what happens. See, I did the same thing just now because my wife's on the other side of this camera right now, videotaping this whole thing for our, uh, for our archives. Oh, nice. So I want you, because Doug, as D Doug told us about Oz from Railroad, I want you now to take over and tell me about Kaz. I mean, this is quite a setup. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, all these guitars and almost presidential. Like it's, I don't know the vibe. It's like a very presidential slash Phil Mickelson vibe that I'm getting from you, Kaz. You know, I have, uh, I've been blessed with a wife that does an amazing event planner. So this is considered an event in our household, which means I step out of the way and she makes sure everything looks good on camera. So, uh, but yeah, I know I, um, you know, Doug and I go back a long ways and, and uh, we met originally, I guess you shared the story. Yeah, Doug? Not on podcast, No, baby. no. So I, I okay. want to know. So teach us, Doug. Tell us. All right. Who is Kaz? So, so I'll, I'll set the table for, since we're jumping right into this story of how Doug and I met. 1987, I believe it was October-ish, 1987. I'm a big Motley Crue fan. A buddy of mine, your old pal Will, who's now the director of programming for SiriusXM, Will Pendarvis, great guy. Uh, we're buddies in college, and he's working down at WABB FM 97, and he calls me. He's like, hey, man, the cruise bus just pulled into the Radisson Admiral Sims. You ought to go down there. So I immediately got sick at my Radio Shack job mm. <laughs> and uh, headed down to the hotel, was taking a peek at the bus, the old Motley Cruel rock and roll bus. And um, this guy kind of snatches me back and goes, hey, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I'm just checking out the bus, man. He goes, I'm just messing with you. Do the opening acts inside if you want to check them out. So I go in and I have no idea who these guys are. They're just sitting at the bar. And he's like, this is a band uh, from L.A. called Guns N' Roses. And I'm like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you guys. It was Adler and I think it was Duff and George and Ronnie Schneider. Right, Doug? Ronnie Schneider. Was Steven's tech, drum tech. And so they were like, hey, dude, you got a car? I'm like, yeah, I got a Mustang. They're like, let's go. Popular guy, the most popular guy in the bar, by the way, Brando. You got a car? <laughs> yeah, I got a car. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, we're okay. sitting in Little Mobile, Alabama. It's opening night for the cruise the next night. Long story short, we jump in the car. I take them on a little run around. We end up at a little Irish pub called Patio Tools on Airport Boulevard up on in, uh, Mobile here. <clears throat> I knew the bartender. There's another club three doors away called Monte Carlo. We used to sneak in all the time. I'm 19, I believe, at the time. Long story short, we have a few beers. We have a, a couple laughs. I get to get learn who the guys are and you know their story. They're like, hey, man, you want to hang out with us tonight? Sure. Yeah. Let me run by the house and grab some clothes for the show tomorrow. So we come by my house. Doug's been to my house just recently. Met my parents. Uh, my mom was sitting here when we came in that night in 87. And she told Stephen he had pretty hair, but he ought to think about getting a haircut. I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, and then we headed back to the Radisson Admiral Sims. We're in the room and, you know, a few, a uh, few things came out. Ronnie rolled a couple of joints and they were smoking it up. 
And uh, next thing you know, Welcome to the Jungle comes on MTV, the video. Mm. And the next thing you know, Slash walks in the room and then Axel walks in the room. And they're like, you know, who the fuck is this guy? And Steven's like, oh, he's cool. He's got a car. And Axel's like, he's got a car. Right. He's cool. That's it. So uh, so we're just, you know, I I didn't know who the guys were. I'd never heard of them before. Mm. Um, It was, you know, at the very beginning of Appetite. Um, So I hang out with them that night. I made the classic mistake, which I'm sure everyone knows now, 38 years later, you don't do in front of Axel, which is I asked him how how he felt about Bon Jovi's success, because I was a Bon Jovi fan. Oh, my God. And and my cousins were from up in Philly. I met John when I was like 14 at a show on the pier somewhere when he was just getting started. And Axel proceeded to let me know exactly what he thought about that. And then he took the window and pulled it back. He says, all I care about is that 10,000-seat arena right there. And uh, he signed off for the night. A few hours later, door gets knocked on. It's Doug Goldstein. And Doug walks in and says, guys, we got a challenge, man. Our uh, truck broke down in Texas. We might not get some of our gear for the night. And Steven says, he's got a car. <laughs> hey, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. Doug looks at me and he pulls out a lot of cash. He goes, this is what I need. Didn't even ask. He's like, this is what I need. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I run around town, grab all their gear. He says, go to the Civic Center. So I do. I come in, they unload some drum heads and some other stuff. It was just simple stuff, right? Doug was gaff tape, mic stands. So. But uh, long story short, you know, they let me in. Doug gave me a pass. I said, anything you need while I'm here? Steven said, we got a band meeting, hang out. So I got to hang out and watch sound check. And this is when Tommy had the Ricardo seat drum kit. It's mm. fun and everything. And, uh, you know, what happens next is, is kind of history. They, they come out and open for the crew. And wasn't the best opening set I'd ever seen, but they were my buddies. So I wouldn't let anybody say anything. <laughs> uh, but they played their asses off and Axel did his thing. And then when the crew hit the stage, it just changed the dynamics. But what was interesting was, and I think Doug will probably allude to this more than I will, because I remember it a little differently. I had been drinking during the show, and the guys were backstage, and I go backstage, and there's Hell's Angels, and there's a whole bunch of chicks, and there's Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses. And I'm standing there looking like a kid at the church, dressed up for the show. <laughs> Doug comes over to me and says, hey, man, me and Steven want to chat with you for a second. I'm like, okay. So they pull me aside, and they're like, hey, the guys like you. You want to go on the road with us? I'm like, man, I got a job at Radio Shack. Man. <laughs> yeah, true story. True story. I can't take a chance, man. That's a career opportunity. Yeah. So long story short, they offered me an opportunity to go on the road with them, which could have been cool because I am a drummer. And uh, that could have worked out differently, right, Doug? But yeah, long no. story short, that's how we met. Wow. Is that how you remember it, Doug? That's totally how I remember, baby. Yep. Wow. Yep. One of my favorite ways to start an episode. What are one of my favorite stories to start an episode? That's uh that was fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, that was yep. that's really cool. What a memory to have. And yeah, yeah, good uh good choice, Radio Shack. They're still doing well, right? They're, they're, yeah, yeah. So that. I was there another couple of days <laughs> after that. But 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 there's an act two, right? There's an act two. Okay. All right. So so that night, I'll never forget it because Steven basically saluted me as we rolled off and Ronnie kinda Tossed me a joint or something. I don't remember. But they rolled off in the <laughs> sunset joint. and then they became Guns N' Roses. Right. Mm. So 30-ish years later, I get a phone call to help with an event in Arizona. A good buddy of mine played baseball for the Diamondbacks there, Luis Gonzalez. And he was involved. Oh, really? And they oh. told me it was to raise the money for cancer. And I was always, when I was headlining in Vegas, I was always about trying to support great causes, especially military, which we'll talk about with Doug. Um but I get a call to participate in this event and they say the guy putting it together, his name's Doug Goldstein. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Doug, what? Goldstein, does this guy have anything to do with GNR? And they're like, yeah, I was their manager for 17 years. I'm like, you got to get him on the phone. So they get him on the phone and I'm like, 1987, gear truck breaks down. You give this kid a bunch of money. He shows up, you party together. You, he goes, dude, I totally remember you, bro. You're like part of rock and roll history, man. So, <laughs> 35 or so years later, we reconnected and I shared my vision with Doug. I'm like, you know, I never really said anything back then, but I was a drummer. That's why I came down there was to try to meet, you know, Tommy Lee and the band. And he said, well, send me some of your stuff. So I sent him some songs I was working on. One of them was called Whiskey Town. Yep. And uh, here we are, 37 years later, about to release the album. 
about to play the Super Bowl and the experience there and bring the barbecue sauce out to uh, raise money for veterans. And Doug yep. and I are just together as we speak. Wow. So there's Dak too. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. I can't wait to see the following acts. I mean, this is just a... There's a lot to process. First, just because it's on my mind. And so Luis Gonzalez, I'm a sports guy. I don't know because I'm wearing my hopefully sure. the Giants win today as we're recording this. Uh, <laughs> I'm in New sure. York. You said Luis Gonzalez, kind of like a if I'm a I'm a Yankee fan. He he ruined that year for me, 2001. Yeah, well, he ruined that year for 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 a lot of Yankee fans. Yeah, but so that you know what's interesting was Louis was when he I remember when he came to South Alabama where I went to college here, Mobile. He was, you know, maybe 175 pounds soaking wet. Hmm. And to see him go through the league and kind of change his career, that second half of his career, and then have that kind of a moment. I mean, that year, since you're a sports fan, he hit 328. Great player. He started in center field for the All-Star game. He won the home run derby. And with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, hit a bloop single to win the World Series against the greatest closer in the world. I know. I know. And, a great player. And in Louis's words, when he went, when he did this, he said, when I put my hands to the sky, I could have died right there and it would have been fine. No doubt. But, wow. Uh, just to have, yeah, those those moments. Yeah. Well, I guess the Yankees have won enough. They, you guys, the, the, the Diamondbacks can can have one or one or two. Uh, he but, went from zero to hero. And the next year he was on the cover of uh, the MLB baseball game and his career took off from there. It's beauty of hey, sports Brent, and music. Go ahead, Doug. Brent, I want to uh, jump in for a second because I actually got to meet Tom's folks uh, when I was at Mobile recently. And, and uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to them because um, uh, Tom mentioned his wife and she is incredible, uh, incredibly supportive, as are his folks. Um, his dad, also a Tom, is just a, a great guy, hilarious, good dude. A Philly boy, actually, Brando. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and his mom is just a sweetheart. She, can I get you anything, hon? Can I get you anything, hon? Got that Southern hospitality, right? <laughs> well, that's, that's what Whiskey Town is all about, man. It's about bringing, you know, this culture of the South to the world in a way that's fun. You know, the whole brand, uh, the, the barbecue sauce, the whiskey, mm -hmm. the song, the album, everything is about bringing a little bit of this flavor, you know, out to the world through my music and through uh, through my products that we're going to we're going to talk about here today. So, yeah, Whiskey Town. Doug came and visited Whiskey Town Central right here in Alabama. <laughs> I did. Very cool. Yes, I, did. I, I have listeners in Alabama, uh, frequently Matt Wake, who writes for AL.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's on the show a lot. Uh, so, he's, in Bur yeah. he's in Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. So let me yeah. ask, though, because your wife, who did a great job setting up the guitars, but you said you're a drummer. So where, you know, where, how come I don't see five drum sets? I see, um, the, no. you know, that's an interesting question. Thank I you. just, um, just so you know, my wife and I have just recently downsized from Las Vegas. We were living in a, a mm. full house with a, a kid that just went to school in Hawaii to finish film school. Oh, wow. And we downsized. So we're actually going to take this RV that we just acquired, which Doug stayed in. Yes, I did. Ever sleep in my RV was Doug Goldstein. That was Hotel Caz. Hotel Caz. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take some stuff on the road. So the drums didn't make it. We had some electronic drums out in Vegas that we left behind. But I'm really more focused on writing right now. So the, the guitar <laughs> keyboard does the trick. And then I got a few drum kits built into the uh, keyboard if I just want to play with a beat. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. See. Good, Doug. But if you come to a live show, you will see me play drums for sure. In <laughs> fact, if you go, if you, if you, if you Google me and you see the opening for Hypnoti, my old hypnosis comedy show in Vegas, okay. I was the only hypnotist to ever start a show with a drum solo. <laughs> okay. That'll hypnotize you. I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, Doug, sorry. Go ahead. It's because uh, you're in a hotel. It's cutting in and out. So I know you've been trying to chime in. Okay. No, I was just going to say uh, to Tom, Tom, a better story about guitars is how long ago did you learn how to play? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, drums, I'll take you through an order. Drums, I started playing when I was about six, which is why I was down at the Admiral Sims trying to meet Tommy Lee. Little did I know I was two steps removed from potentially playing for GNR. Yep. <laughs> had, I, had Adler had his run out and Ronnie wasn't there, maybe I could have been in place. You never know. Mm. But I actually, believe it or not, um, about two and a half years ago, my wife bought me a guitar, this black ovation over here. We met, she was a patient of mine. I was just coming out of the military. I was doing radiology and she came in as a patient 
And we met at a music store around the corner from her house because her house was kind of complicated to get to. And she walked in and I was playing that guitar. But mind you, I'd never had a lesson. I still, to this day, I've never had a lesson in my life. And I'm just sitting there plucking on this guitar. And four days later, I came home from you know work and where we were, were at her house. And that guitar was, was, was sitting in the living room. Hmm. And so that's Very how cool. it started. So long story short, to answer your question, I, um, I've had that guitar since 2001 and really just kind of played with it and messed with it along the way, never taught myself. And in July of 2019, I decided to start writing and playing. So I picked up uh, the guitar, taught myself how to play, taught myself how to play a little bit of keyboards and started writing music. And that's, uh, that's the second half. That's the pivot of my career is I've been writing and performing now total for about two and a half years. Because just the little tidbits that I'm getting, you lived quite a life already. Just um, military. Thank you for your service. Thank and you. Uh, yeah. you said radiology. Yeah. So I went in the Air Force. So when I was younger, a friend of mine's dad sold CT and MRI and nuclear medicine equipment. And they had a nice house with a pool. Down here, if you had a pool, you're rich, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I asked his dad what he did. And he said, I sell medical equipment, radiology equipment. So. I was 24 years old. I had a wife and two kids at the time and I needed a job. So I called my dad and said, Hey, if you can get me in the air force, I want to do radiology. So they tested me It's been a few years since I did math and I got in the program and just started doing radiology in the air force and became an instructor and then went on to sell the equipment. So wow. that was the path worked out. Wow. But hey, this- Tom, mm-hmm. never, hey, Tom, did you ever build yourself a cement pond? <laughs> what? A cement, a cement pond. A cement pond? <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh. On the Beverly Hillbillies, it was a seaman. Oh, a seaman pound. Oh, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah, here when we were kids, we had about a twenty-five gallon bucket, and everybody got to take turns in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that or the sprinkler—that was the big deal. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I got you. But, um, to Doug's point, I started. You know, I lost my best friend in June of twenty twenty, and um, you know what's interesting about this whole journey is in July two thousand nineteen, I started writing. I videotaped this whole journey. By the way of me saying today's the day and videotaping myself along the way, writing songs, going in the studio, doing events. But in June of 2020, when the COVID thing was happening, my best friend, Jimmy Francia passed away unexpectedly, went in for knee surgery, was the most vibrant, bubbly guy you'd ever meet. Everybody loved him. Mm, and he he was, you know, next to my wife, maybe, and a few folks my in my family. Jimmy was my best friend and my biggest fan. And the last thing he said to me in our conversation, outside of a love you buddy was don't you give up on this dream you waited too long and it was jimmy that paid for my first recording session so i had no excuses Mm. so this album is dedicated to you know my fans and friends and family but in a big way i dedicate the album to to jim and and because without him i wouldn't have gotten this whole thing started Mm. and doug and i reconnected and we wouldn't have this amazing mission which is the whiskey town warriors program i'm sure we're going to talk about to help veterans you know that's what this whole thing is about is to get the music out there and the, the merchandise like the barbecue sauce and other things so people can support the, the music and the mission and that's to help veterans with mental wellness and ptsd so so we're excited about where this is going and um and super happy to be on the show with you guys today talk about that please um how you are helping with mental illness and ptsd um by the way um you should know brando and i have a theme on mental illness, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so Brando, yeah. just you should know. I mean, Tom. Not only does he know um, where his mission is going, he has this vast knowledge of mental illness and how to attack it. And yeah. he can talk about that. But I just thought it was kind of cool. There's a great synergy that's going to happen here between what you and I talk about, Brando, on podcasts a lot, and bringing Tom in as a what I would consider expert. So go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, one of the well, I was gonna say one of the many reasons I was excited to talk to you, Kaz, not just for the Guns N' Roses stuff, but for what you're doing. So yeah, please. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, you know, and I, and I want to kind of talk through this with you guys because the, the mission is really centered on my personal experience. Um, at a very young age, I went through some very challenging, very traumatic experiences, and. I started learning about hypnosis to try to help myself, not only as an athlete, I was a baseball player, but also just to learn how this whole thing works. Because unfortunately, we're not born with an owner's manual sticking out our ass. 
you know, and, and most people aren't taught how to use the mind, how to change your mindset. And so I started a journey back in the, when I was 15 to learn about hypnosis and NLP, I studied under some of the same guys as, as Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And that took me down this path of personal improvement and self-improvement, but it taught me really how the subconscious works and how television's programming you and how social media is programming you and your, everything's programming. Music is programming. Yeah. And at 53 going on 54 with this, you know, this vision of, can I write a song that maybe people will enjoy, or can I write an album that maybe gets someone's attention and, and makes them feel good. And it comes down to my personal experience. And, and so mental wellness for me has been a struggle for my entire life. Depression, uh, dealing with family members that have had depression. All of us have struggled from something. And when you look at the military specifically, they're over-medicated. They get free drugs from the VA. Our active duty and, and first responders and, and uh, military veterans are stressed in ways that we can't, you know, the average person doesn't understand. Yeah, I can't even pretend. Your family and having to be under someone's, you, you're, a, you are, GI is government issue, right? You're government property. Mm -hmm. So for me, it came down to this. When Jimmy and I talked about it, we always wanted to start a program to help people, not just veterans, but people with mental wellness and suicide and depression. And so through the hypnosis thing, I've formed some tremendous relationships with people like Dr. Patrick Porter from BrainTap and Joe Dispenza and Tony Robbins that allowed me to go out and speak about the mind and, and do demonstrations and do shows. But this, this thing, Whiskey Town Warriors, is taking everything I've ever learned about hypnosis and NLP and mental wellness and diet and music and creating an experience that people can enjoy listening to the songs. But in between the songs, there's a story and there's a message. And it is, it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish. Um, learn that your mind is yours to, to choose how you use it. And, you know, that's what this is all about is giving these oppor the opportunity to veterans and active duty and first responders to where they don't have to go to the DAV and say, hey, I need some help because I can't pay my mortgage or, hey, I need some help. I'm really struggling with depression. I just lost my job. The amount of, of hurdles you have to go through is, is ridiculous. So I figured, well, Doug knows how to put together shows. I know how to put together shows. I know how to make an audience feel great. I've done it in Vegas for years. I've toured with it. Why not build something that's unique where the music says what it says and does what it does, but take that entertainment model and instead of raising millions of dollars just for houses and cars and jets, why don't I just target military veterans and first responders and active duty that need help? And that's what this is all about, man. That's, that's the purpose behind the pain. You know, that's the purpose behind everything I've been through, everything you've been through, everything Doug's been through is if you don't find a purpose for the pain, you'll always ask, why me? Yeah, yeah. Why, me? why did this happen to me? But if you flip the switch and say it happened to me so that I can get on stage at the Super Bowl and that one person who's thinking about taking their own life, hears me talk about, you know, never giving up on your dream, never giving up on the idea that you can be what you want to be. You just have to decide that's who you want to be. And so that's what this Whiskey Town Warriors thing is for me. And the music is just a method to reach the masses and the merchandise is a tool to raise the funds to support the mission. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am sure I not only relate to uh, so much of you said, other than, um, you know, serving, even if I I'm, I'm handicapped. So I just put it out of the way, even if I was able, I'm not able to do it. Um, but just the, the we, we serve in our different ways. You yeah. serve by yeah. doing this. You, you get people like myself. Well, that's kind of what I'm, I'm going to is, uh, yeah. that's, what, why mental health has become kind of a secondary theme to Guns N' Roses, because I, I think I said to you, Doug, recently, like when the idea was first brought to me by uh, the friend of mine who I started the show with, Ian, I thought it was the dumbest idea in the world. Guns N' Roses, I mean, I love them, but what am I going to say? November Rain is great every episode. <laughs> it needs to be about something. It needs to be yeah. about something. And what yeah. it's about is what part of the reason what attracted me to the band and why an Axl Rose is the, the pain, uh, the mental health aspect of it, them being open about what they've been through. And that's what I've started to do. You know, I've been in radio for, you know, I guess about 20 years, if you want to count college. But if I want to talk about my disability, if I want to talk about my mental health, that's kind of hard to do in between Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones when you got, you know, when you're, when you're right. like a radio DJ. Right. So this has kind of given me a unique opportunity to talk about mental health, to talk about my dad who took his life nine years ago. And oh, wow. it's, it's allowed me, and I've gotten feedback from listeners 
There's somebody, uh, I'll give him a shout out. Connie Pat from, from Greece said he was struggling and he heard that uh, I haven't had a drink in seven years. He's like, I'm, you're my kind of like my, my coach. Like I haven't had a drink in, I, th- I think last time I checked, it was like 15 months or something like that. Right. And that makes uh, me feel right good on, right on. that I'm not just here I like, yeah, I'm saying November rain rules, but at the same time, I'm, I'm also helping at least one person. You know, I get a lot That's of right. those messages that say, thank yeah. you for talking about mental health. In addition to all the cool Guns N' Roses stories. So it's, uh, yes, this is my outlet where you're using yours. So it's, uh, it's great. I'm, I'm really happy that you're doing it and you haven't given up on your dream. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, it's funny because, again, I think back to that conversation at the hotel in 87, I think it was, with Axel. And, you know, again, there's, there's times in your life where you meet certain people and you just know there's something about that individual. Mm-hmm. And when I met Axel outside of the Bon Jovi back and forth we had, we talked about music. And he asked me, he said, have you ever heard any of our stuff? And I was like, I got to be honest, man, I haven't. I live in Alabama. We haven't heard of you guys. And he said, well, you know, Mr. Brownstone, it's, it's about addiction, right? Welcome to the Jungle was about getting off the bus in L.A. and just realizing that, you know, I'm in the jungle. And, and, and when you hear other people talk about how he wrote his songs and the content that they drew from and the experiences they drew from. That's exactly what whiskey town is. Right. You know, with whiskey town, the, the song is, you know, heading on down to whiskey town, going to drink my stress away, but to take another shot. Cause I'm feeling red hot. Everything's going to be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that song was written about a little hole in the wall in the edge of town here that when we were kids, we snuck in and, and did shots. And when it burned down, we called it Whiskey Town. And so many, many years later, I recall that and I write the song about it. So every song on this album, Blind Man Walking, is about people being on their cell phones instead of paying attention to what's around them. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? um, I Gotta Fix Me is about me and my wife having to be separated, not necessarily because we wanted to be, but because we had to be, but taking that time to work on things that were affecting the marriage, you know? I got to fix me before I can fix us. Right. Um, so every song on this album, there's a story to tell and a meaning behind it. But at the end of the day, I want to give people an experience. And Doug Goldstein and I are going to do that. We're going to take this thing to the next level. So what's the, the next step then? What's what are the plans? So speak to that. I, I'm supposed I to write songs and sing songs. Sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I love about this project uh, is usually I got to be the idea guy constantly. I'm the idea guy. I'm the idea guy, right? Anybody I work with, I'm the idea guy. With Tom, he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. So I become what I like to say a manager is, which is a facilitator of dreams. And Tom knows what his dreams are. I just got to sit back and go, Tom, go, right? So he's, I've always known that you can't be hilarious and stupid at the same time. And Tom's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, right? We cut it <laughs> up, man. We have a great time. So in fact, I, Tom, I want you to tell the front desk story down in Nashville. And I want to talk about the first gig that I booked. So Tom says, hey, so what, when are we going to play? And I said, well, I got this cool opportunity in Nashville. Now, I had heard that it was going to be this big party, and I said, man, we can do the barbecue sauce. So we show up, and Tom and the guys are back practicing, uh, rehearsing, and, uh, and I realized we showed up to a celebration of life. <laughs> so Mr. Guns N' Roses' manager, the very first gig that he books is a celebration of life, and I don't tell the guys, right? So the, 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 grieving, the grieving wife is there, and they're presenting a – a trophy tour because this guy was really into uh, uh, something. He was uh, going to the Hall of Fame for the AF. Yeah, USA Football, USA Football Hall of Fame. Robert so, Harris. There you go. Yeah. So uh, his wife's just a wonderful lady, and so anyway, so I give it about five minutes for the tears to cr- to dry up, and I go, "Okay, guys, I got the crowd all ready. You ready? Yeah, let's go." <laughs> And it was kind of like a seam out of the Blues Brothers, right? But um, but Tom came out and and uh, I boy I, I hate to use this term, but he killed it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean he, he, he the crowd was up and standing, and it was an, it was amazing. So I mean, if look if you can put that crowd on their feet, I got no problems putting Tom in front of anybody. Yeah. So oh, one of the thing, one of the things we're going to do, Tom's kind of alluded to it, but there's a Super Bowl function that's going to be happening. Yeah, tell us. Um, 
Yeah, well, you'll love this, Brando. It's a cannabis-related event. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> come in, come in, spend somewhere between $75 and $200 and have all the smoke and edibles you want. And there's going to be live music, of course, tons of it, four stages. Um, we already have Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa on that stage. And um, we're just kind of going out after kind of maybe some of the Cypress Hill guys and whatever, right? Guys have always stood up for the cannabis thing. Did you say so, Snoop Dogg is going to be at this thing? I sure did. You're going to be doing a oh, collaborative. Man. I got a Snoop story. <laughs> well. I do too. I got a bunch of them. I toured with him. Apparently, you're anyway. not allowed to be in the room unless you smoke weed. I didn't know that until after the fact. Love it. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's why I was never in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, but Tom's just uh, this incredible creative head. Um, the barbecue sauce thing, um, we went to a guy, uh, it's an old family recipe and there's a guy in Kansas city, um, who, uh, we've been working with Jim, uh, who does just a great job. So Tommy took his recipe to him. Um, Casey, I've lived in Houston, Texas, where they think they have the best barbecue, Memphis, Tennessee, where they think they have the best barbecue, um, you know, St. Louis, where they think they have the best barbecue. And then I moved to KC and boy, do they get it there. Right. Mm, so, yeah. so, um, so that's where Tom went, uh, because obviously Alabama, they've got a great barbecue too. And so Tom took, like I said, his family recipe to this guy, Jim, and they collaborated together. Oh. So every, every single bottle of this barbecue sauce, uh, that we sell, um, we're going to be, uh, given a, a great portion to, uh, the efforts that Tom already mentioned. So it's really cool. It's a fun project yeah, to be involved in. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so Doug, Doug didn't tell you. So the reason this went so well, Brando, is is the gentleman that invited me to this event, his name is Bob Oaken. And last year in May, May of 2021, I was able to go to the Grand Ole Opry and do, I participated in a show with with Eric Church and, and uh, Billy, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, just a bunch of great artists. And Bob does this thing called America Salutes where he raises money for mental wellness. And I said, well, if these guys can do this, I can do this, right? But I befriended Bob and, and he had told me about this event in Nashville. I didn't realize it was a celebration of life, but it was really the first time I would have a chance to bring the barbecue sauce to a place like Nashville. Um, Doug could come in and join me and let's just see what people think about this experience. You know, and we sang five songs off the album acoustic. And one of the songs is called Outlaw in the USA. Oh, and, my Lord. <laughs> and, um, you know, Outlaw in the USA, it's, it's, it's a song about standing up for your rights and, and standing up for your freedom, but also about helping those who served, who gave you that freedom. And, you know, the chorus, I'll sing the chorus for you, but the chorus is, I'm an outlaw in the USA. I'll be red, white, and blue every single day. I'll be damned if I'm going to let you take my freedom away. I'm going to live my life by the Constitution, going to stand right up and join the revolution. want to sing it so loud you can hear me coming miles away because I'm an outlaw in the USA, right? And I think when it comes to veterans, you know, the verse that goes into that is talking about we got vets living out on the street just trying to eat right now. And so this song, Outlaw in the USA, Doug and I feel very strongly is going to be something that catches very quickly because of what's happening in our country. And our whole purpose is this song is, is going to lead the charge to get us in front of large audiences and military bases to raise money through the Warriors program, through our merchandise to help more people. That's really what it's about. Very so cool. I, Dude, I want to talk about the front. Were you talking about the front desk story at the hotel when I talked to guys? Yes, I, yes, I was. Yeah, the gig, the gig almost didn't happen because, as everybody that knows me knows, I used I started as a tour manager with GNR. I used to check people in and out of hotels all the time. And the one thing that you know, if you're going to be there past six o'clock at night, you call the hotel and tell them you're on your way. Well, Tom's yeah. never toured managed before, so he didn't do that. What happened to you, Tommy, when you showed up at two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> so, so, so Ty Taylor, who who co-wrote this song, I, I outlaw with me. He's coming up with me so we can play the gig. And he's, he's in the car. He gets off at six o'clock. We drive six hours. We get there at two a.m. Walk in. This guy is just kicking back with a vape. He's got a beard. He's just chilling. Got tattoos everywhere. And he said, "How y'all doing?" I said, "Good, man. We're just checking in. Been a long trip." He goes, "Yeah, okay." We don't have any rooms for tonight. I'm like, excuse me? I have a reservation. He goes, yeah, well, you know, you got to check in by a certain time. I said, really? That's interesting. I said, you look like an honest guy. He goes, yeah, I'm an honest guy. I said, I thought you might be. So I'm going to ask you a question. 
the president of the United States rolled up here right now with Secret Service and needed a place to sleep. Would you have a room for him? He said, yeah, sir, we'd have room for the president. I said, well, I can promise you this. He won't be here tonight. I'll take his room. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> he thought that was pretty funny. So he rounded up a room for us, and we got checked in, and everything worked out okay. That's a good line. <laughs> but, uh, it was one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. I was like, why didn't I know that when I was dragging these guys into the hotel? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and, and to Doug's point, you know, we had um, we had these American flags there for that I, I brought here um, for the for the show up in Nashville, and here's all these folks that are sitting about forty feet away, and I had you know I really didn't have any idea what the event was for. I wasn't told that, but it's a big beautiful home. We had just the three of us playing, me, Ty, and Colin, and by the end of that little sit down. Everybody was waving American flags and, and yeehawing about Outlaw in the USA, which told me that this song is going to do well. This this album is going to do well. And it for me, it's really about the music accomplishing the mission. And that's what Doug and I want to do is put this this story out there. And, and you know, thank you for the opportunity, Brenda, to do that today. Sure. Uh, when the album hits, we'd love to come on and maybe, you know, do something with you musically. But, you know, it's about getting the word out now. Yeah, right on. So how can, speaking, I guess, of the word, if, like, A, where is the location of this big benefit? And if you can't make it, if you just want to buy barbecue sauce, if you want to order online and, or donate, sure. how can we do that as well? Yeah, so the, the, the Super Bowl thing's taking place in Scottsdale. Um, we do have a website, and uh, on every bottle we have, every guitar pick I use, we have a QR code that takes you to ilovewhiskeytown.com. Simple. I love whiskeytown.com is where you'll be able to find out about shows, events, appearances, the barbecue sauce, the music, uh, and everything else that's coming down the pike. We're almost ready to launch the site. We're, we're pretty close now, probably within the next week. But um, we appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to be on your show and just share, share the story. A lot of people didn't believe me for many, many years about the GNR story. They're like, <laughs> you knew Guns N' Roses before they were famous, and you took them around in your car. It, Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so today, Doug, after 37 plus years, we finally have validated the story on this That's very right. show. That is That's so right. funny. Hey, and I want to give I want to give a shout out to the guys down in Florabama. It's the coolest damn club I've ever been to in my life. It's right on state line where Florida meets Alabama. And um and uh Tom and his wife took me there and introduced me to the guys that run it. And, um, man, they've got, like, all kinds of different uh, venues uh, where they play. And it's all inside of one club. There's 17 acts a day. 17, 17 acts a day. day. Yeah. yeah, that's Up right, Tom. the property. Yeah. Yeah. It's right on mm. the ocean. It's one of the coolest spots I've ever been to, man. Mm. So yeah, Kenny Chesney did a song about it called Floribama. Oh, okay. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so for me, it was, real, it was a hoot because – I mean, it was the, one of the best times I've ever had. And then, then of course, I went from one of the best times. This happens in Doug Goldstein's life. Those that watch this a lot know we go from having the best, one of the best times of my life to, um, to uh, being on a boat with a guy who had maybe a little bit too much to drink and no, no lights working. I thought, I thought Tom's wife was going to throw this guy overboard and take over the boat herself. <laughs> we, had, we had some, we had some friends join the, we had three sisters join us and there was a guy and everybody was having yeah. fun and we we're talking and so this gentleman yeah, yeah. uh his name's scott he bought a beautiful new boat it's a million dollar boat and we're out in the middle of the gulf of mexico and he pulls out and then he stops for a second he turns to me and he says hey tom i just installed this navigation equipment never really used it at night before so i'm not sure exactly how to get back i'm like that's like <laughs> that's like an airline pilot walking up the plane going i'm not sure what he's doing up there but this thing's going down in a hurry you know, <laughs> yeah, except for blowing about a, blowing about a 2.3 on the breath alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And so Doug, Doug and I are sitting there and we've got all kind of fun stuff. You know, one of the girls seemed to be a little looser than the others. My wife is trying to keep her from exposing herself to the rest. Yeah. Of the right. yeah. And uh, it was it was interesting. But, um, you know, what was cool about that is Doug sitting there with me. And he looks at me, he says, you know, 37 years, you just finished your album. Your, your barbecue sauce is in, in process. You got great artwork. You're going to play the Super Bowl and you're going to die in a boating accident. Oh. Exactly. And your album is going to be number one next week. <laughs> you and got like, it. That's exactly right. Oh. As, long as, 
Hey, as long as you go down and I stay afloat, I'm going to make you a superstar posthumously. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. It's like what you said, Doc McGee said to uh, That's right. To, to, yeah, bon to John Bon Jovi. You, want to, be, you yeah. want to be on the cover of Time Magazine? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Go shoot the president. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I wanted you to yeah, finish man, so that line. We're, uh, we're excited. You know, Doug and I are trying to rekindle uh, relationships from the past because both of us have kind of had our own lives over the last 37 years. But at the end of the day, all we're asking for is for people that are listening to your show right now to, you know, when the album comes out, just enjoy the music, enjoy the stories. If you want to support Whiskey Town Warriors, thank you so much for doing that. It's really about people like yourself, Brando, giving us a platform. So we appreciate that. And, and thank you very much for having us both on today. I know Doug's on the show as a, as a regular, but for me, uh, to get to sit here and just swap stories with you guys and talk about the past and the journey. Um, hopefully there'll be another episode where we talk about how outlaw in the USA is the number one song in the country. I'm yeah. just going to say, it. yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. Right on. And, and, and Doug has been like a regular lately. I guess you can call you a, a regular, I don't know, 10 appearances in the 300 plus, yeah, maybe for, more. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like, well, I think maybe a little more now, Brando, yeah. probably up to a dozen. Something yeah. Like that. yeah. Because now as we're working on, as you kind of told us about your, your book, today almost in yeah. a way Kaz so we're working on Doug's book so that's why we're, we're you know we're yeah. here we're getting out stories and he's bringing out people from the past so I gotta thank not only you, you Kaz for your time and everything that you're doing uh, you know for a, a mission and a cause not just to I mean which is fine if you just want to rock out to rock out but you're doing it with a, a reason but for Doug just to bring me another person that I'm glad we discovered on the show this appetite for discovery that maybe I wouldn't have known about if it wasn't for Doug you know, I'm yeah, sorry. It's I'm I'm not from Alabama. I'll use the same excuse you used to Axel. I'm from New Queens. What do I know about Alabama? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hope I hope you know when when the when the album drops and you get to hear some of the music, man. I hope you just say, hey, you know what? I'll tell you when you listen to Whiskey Town. I'll just say this: it's got a Paradise City flavor. Sure. Yep. Sure. Yeah, a lot of my music has different influences from that genre. And I think that's what's going to make it cool is it's kind of a country rock feel. But when you listen to it, it's a little bit of a throwback, you know. And I think there's a lot of folks our age that kind of miss that sound. Yeah, let's find out. All right. Yeah. Let me ask, though, before we wrap up, uh, since it took you a long time to reconnect with Doug, did you ever like go to a Guns N' Roses concert or run into Steven Adler somewhere or try to tell the story to somebody else at that time? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have gone to some GNR concerts over the years. It was well later. Um, when I was in uh, the Grand Ole Opry last May, I got a chance to hang out with Matt Sorum. Okay. And uh, Matt was really cool. But I did get a chance to run into Steven. He was playing the Golden Nugget in Vegas about like, two years ago. About two years ago. And uh, Jason Ebb's a good friend of mine that played with Kiss and, and um, played with um, Peter Chris. you know, when he broke away from Kiss. He was a guitarist and singer. Took me to the show. Um, we got a chance to see Steven, and Steven wasn't feeling well that night. Played a great set. After the show, he came to the front of the stage, and he was kind of autographing and taking quick pictures. And I grabbed him, kind of like shouldered up to him. I said, I got 30 seconds to tell you this. He said, you know, in Steven's way, sure, man. You know, <laughs> I said, October 87, you're opening for the crew. Your truck breaks down. You meet some kids, you give them some cash. He buys you a bunch of gear. You play the show. You offer him a job. He says he's got to work at Radio Shack. And he held his arms out like this. And he gave me a big hug. And he said, I never said thank you. Oh, wow. Oh, that's sweet. That's sweet Steven right there. Yeah, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, And then he let me One go and he kind guys. of put his hand on my shoulder. And all these people were waiting to get to Steven. And he took an extra moment to acknowledge that I was that kid that he met when he was screaming in the microphone at Crystal. I need a chili dog and some fries. <laughs> and that, that to me, you know, to, 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 knew, to know where they were when I met them that time and then where they went. And then 37 years later to be on a show talking about it. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty surreal. Yeah, it is. You know, Tom, it, Tom, it's funny you say that because I've never I don't think I've ever said this on the show, but Stephen Adler was the guy who always took extra time to acknowledge people. Um, he was the guy when Make-A-Wish was there. 
was some dying child, right? Yeah. Um, he was the one to go there. Him and Duff, right, would handle the great, uh, that kind of scenario. But Stephen, more so than Duff even, um, yeah. was yeah. always the guy to just spend that extra time. And I, I just wanted to, to because you, you sparked that in my head, Tom. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, I've never acknowledged that um, on the show. Yeah, he's, he's, was, you know, and, and after, and obviously he went through the trials and tribulations of depression and, and drug addiction and everything else. But you look at, you know, what Steven did with himself as he went on and he made something of himself, but independent of the band. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and what was really cool to go back to it was it was Doug Goldstein in, in that 87 time that gave some unknown floppy haired kid some cash. And then 38 years later now, I think it's 38 going on. Mm-hmm. We will be maybe touring together. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Life's fun. I'd I'd love to one day, you know, have Steven just because I was the person I spent the most time with. And then, of course, Ronnie passed away. But but I'm going to predict that one day Steven and I will jam together. I don't Mm. know if it'll be on stage, off stage in a room somewhere. But we have a good friend, Michael Politz, who uh, who Doug knows in Las Vegas, who's the editor of Food and Beverage magazine. I'm going to shout out to Michael because. He's good friends with Vince. He's good friends with uh, with Steven and a lot of the guys from that era of music. And, um, you know, I'm going to put the challenge out to Pulitz to, to get me and Doug together with, with Steven one day. And I want to play a show with him. Mm. I think that'd be pretty incredible. I think so, too. And I got to ask, speaking of, uh, of Doug, since I got a nice, uh, we've talked about your background. Just before I forget, Doug. Your shirt. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about your awesome shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come, come, come a little closer to the screen so I can see. Sorry. It. Yeah. Say. Honey. It says honey. That's my kids, man, Tommy. With a little Oh, I card. thought that was the name of your dog. It is. <laughs> we discussed this off the air. So, Who was named first? Yeah, and you know what? At my age, I forget. <laughs> I don't remember if the band was named after the bulldog or the bulldog okay. after the band, but e- either way, they're both in my life and I love them both to death. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. honey's going out on the road. Um, I just heard from my son. I'm going to see him in St. Louis in November. Mm. Um, so a big shout out to Jake and the guys with honey. They just dropped a, uh, a new single, uh, homes and, um, and, uh, very cool stuff, man. So uh, thanks for bringing that up, Brando. I think we should get honey to play yeah. with whiskey town and we call it the honey barbecue show. There you go. I love it. There you go, TK. Always thinking, baby. You're getting me hungry, man. You're getting me hungry. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, you get get me your address uh, so that we can send you a bottle of. Uh, oh, well, thank you. you know, and then Good you can stuff. tell all the folks out there listening to the show how amazing it was. And then they can come back and purchase it and support the album the next time. <laughs> you got it. No, I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Uh, Doug, any parting words of wisdom as we wrap up this episode? Because I love doing these appetite for discoveries with you more. Maybe we'll do honey uh, in the future, but I will see where it goes. Yeah, no, I just want to thank everybody. And again, um, you know, you guys always support me and and what I do in my life. And uh, Tommy is a huge part of that. So um, is it, um, you know, is it appetite for destruction? No, Um, but it's more of a country based thing. But it ha- does have its rock elements because that's where Tom's from. So you guys will dig this record. I promise you that, uh, especially some of you folks like Michelle Mungia and Sarah Carrizo. I mean, you guys that are, that uh, have a little bit of that. Okay. I'll listen to some of this rock country stuff. So I think you guys are really, gonna, really, really going to enjoy this. Uh, and I just thank you guys for your attention to uh, another project that I'm working on. So uh, we'll get it out to you real soon here. There's a lot of rock country now. You mentioned Eric Church before. He's played with Metallica. Absolutely. Well, so. that's kind of what that's exactly what Tom's kind of doing. I mean, yeah. there's so many there's so many. I mean, Tom's such a great songwriter that there's so many elements of the Bon Jovi, uh, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. I mean, you'll hear it in this record. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that it's a just straightforward rock record, that would be oh, misleading. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and I've got some, you know, you were talking about, I think you mentioned John Connor the other day, didn't you, Doug? was out there. In, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. From Terminator. He's, he's a hot producer. Oh. You know, I've got so many different elements in my head. You know, you think about what Aerosmith did with Run DMC in that mm-hmm. genre when sure. they came together and did Walk This Way. Yep. I got something I'm brewing today's, right now. Today's music. I, I, I don't think, I think genre, genre fluid. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. The, yeah, right. Yeah, is genre, genre fluid? hybrid. Is it, there's genre <laughs> yeah. fluid. I don't think it really matters yeah. as long as the music is 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 good at this point. So, well, you know, my wife always said, you know, she, she, I'll get in the car, especially in Las Vegas. I'll get in the car and there'll be a Spanish station, and I won't know what the hell they're saying, but she'll mm. be sitting there just because she's like, I like the beat. Mm. So I'm I'm right. starting to write that way. Like I'm yeah. gonna build the beat first, and then throw the words on the back end of it, right? Okay. But um, yeah, I'm, working on, I'm working on something right now that I think John Connor would be very cool with because I think there's a rap flavor to it, kind of a modern day rap. Yeah, flavor. the guy that he, the guy that he's talking about, I'm working on another project with uh, called Widowmaker Ranch, which I'll get into later. We'll bring him on, but oh yeah, um, it's this new rap country. Um, I hate to say it again, but genre, right? Yeah. Um, and th- this guy, it's Jelly Roll. I mean, he's kind of the number one guy right now. But I'm telling you, this John Widowmaker is about to put a bullet through his head. Um, the stuff that I'm seeing these guys do is, but I don't want to get ahead. This is Tom's Metaphorically show, so. speaking, but yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think there's an opportunity <laughs> to collaborate like that, for sure. I, I agree. Yeah, so John Connor is the whole, and to kind of circle back on that, oh. he's really the pioneer or beat maker of all of these guys, right, mm. that are in this rap country space that okay. Tom just brought up. So okay. big I'm shout not, out to John Connor. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him up then because, yes, that's another name you mentioned to me, Doug, that you want to come on yes. for another Appetite for Discovery. Yes. So looking forward to that one as yeah. well. Two for two, man. You're, you're kicking out with Oz and now with Kaz. <laughs> we got to keep these names yeah. short, though. Oz, Kaz, who's next? That's right. Is. Oh, God, I don't know. Wiz, yeah. Wiz. <laughs> I'll tell you who I think you would enjoy interviewing, and, and I'll throw this out while Doug's on the call on the on the show here. Um, I think Doug that you ought to get Ryan on the show. And yeah, 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 yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Ryan White Maloney was on The Voice. He's my co-writing songwriting uh, partner as well as my producer. And you talk about an extreme talent. This this guy is amazing. So I'm giving Ryan mm-hmm. a shout out on the show. But I think you'd enjoy interviewing him. He's a musical genius. Okay. And I want to, and I do want to mention this because it ties into you and I should have made this joke earlier. So last episode, the band was on its railroad, but the way it's spelt, it doesn't have an A in it because it's Spanish and they didn't want it to be railroad, you know, so I mispronounced (laughs) it at first. So your name, I know, even though it has an H, it's not Thom, it's Tom. (laughs) So if you're going to Google Tom Katz. It's still Tom Katz. So I just want I just wanted to say that. It's, it's not Katz, you heave. Kaz, Kaz. I said Kaz. Uh, that's the that's the heave coming out in him. That, and finally, and by the way, I can episode. say that because it's yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you just had to scene. be Jewish. Yeah, I, well that's why I can say it, right? But Katz. you just had to you just had to throw it. Yeah, I think that's great. Katz, Tom, my God. Yeah, and if you're <laughs> I have like I have like kosher Tourette's. That's what I have. Yeah. You know. That's right. That's right. Kosher yeah. Tourette's. Yeah. That was good. Tom Kaz. No, Tom Kaz. No, I appreciate it, man. So Whiskey Town, the Doug. Until next time, <laughs> that does it for this yeah. episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? One of which will include Doug and I talking about his book. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know as soon as the word. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.